What is it you want? Real estate. It's the Red Hot Real Estate Show, where we can all find out how's it going for buyers and sellers in the real estate market. I have died and gone to real estate heaven. Looking to move? Hoping to sell? Call in with your questions to real estate expert Mimi Shoneman with Remax Results. I'm going to go out and buy a house. Here she is, your host, Mimi Shoneman. Yes, you are listening to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on MyTalk 1071, also streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I'm Miss Shannon. In giving us all that amazing mortgage uh, expert goodness, Mr. Phil Olson from Amec Home Loans. Hello, Phil. Good morning. Look at you looking all short sleevey over there. What's going on over there? I'm getting ready for for spring. Oh, you are so optimistic, Phil. It's not cold out. It's not <laughs> it cold out. It is relatively out. warm. You are right. You do. You look like spring incarnate. I see it. Hey, the market's hot. Yeah. So if the market's hot, I gotta wear my short sleeve shirt. <laughs> I appreciate you calling it into existence. So, let's real quick, let's give your NMLS numbers, please. All right. NMLS 238103. Company NMLS 150953. Branch MLS nine two eight five nine zero, and by the way, we're an equal housing lender. Oh, thank you very much for ex- uh, explaining that to everybody. And I also want to remind people we're going to give this number out a number of times throughout the show. If you want to get in touch with Phil yourself, his mobile number is six five one two three eight six seven four eight. That's six five one two three eight six seven four eight. You can always find him at callphilolson dot com. You are easy to get a hold of, and I wanted to make sure we got that information out right up front because I feel like we get a lot of questions maybe right after the show or people are driving and they listen back later and they're like how do we get a hold of phil so we want to make sure that that's out there yep. we'll remind them a couple of times during the I show i can't tell you the number of times i get calls as i'm driving back right driving back home or i'll get emails that same evening matter of fact uh kind of a good story mm-hmm. got a call from a real estate agent yesterday client was not approved okay. yet for a home loan but she found a house ah. and she wanted to make an offer she called me at 2.30. By 3.30, I had her completely pre-approved. Let her out to the real estate agent. Doc's already in last night. And uh, now we're waiting to find out if the offer gets accepted. Congratulations to that potential homeowner. Yeah. Right? It's always wonderful when it goes that smoothly. And we know that we do try to encourage all of our listeners to do a little pre-planning. We know that not everybody's scenario is that uh, let's go ahead and go by the dots. So sometimes they do need to contact you with a little bit of lead time to kind of go, what's the strategy to be able to do this somewhere down the road? I would tell you, you always want to be talking to that mortgage loan originator a couple months out versus trying to do everything in one day. Right. Bottom line is there's there's documentation that needs to be gathered by that mortgage company. It's got to mm-hmm. be reviewed. And guess what? It needs to be scrubbed yes. to make sure that you're presenting the right facts and everything like that. And unfortunately, when a client decides to put the cart before the horse, it can become stressful. Right. And like I tell my buyers or my sellers, mm-hmm. uh, this should be fun. Yeah. It should be fun because right. it, it's not really that difficult if you're working with the right people. Right. And they'll give real- you the roadmap that you need so that Correct. it can be. Because I remember the first time I bought a home years and years and years ago, I got a pretty good um, baseline of information. I feel like I had the right realtor at the right time. And then definitely I had a really good mortgage provider that was like, when I would start to get stressful, especially when you get this giant pile of documents that's talking about 
all of these, you know, you feel like you're signing your life away. There's a lot of signatures. Uh, there and is. so Yeah. And so knowing, okay, this giant dollar amount, it's attainable. I'm going in the right direction for myself. And, you know, looking at it like it's a positive. Not like I spent, you know, I shouldn't have bought those $75 shoes. I would totally you know, so, agree with mm-hmm. you. But but one thing I want the listeners to know is they might be thinking that it's tougher to get a mortgage today. Fair no, enough. it's gotten easier, okay. a- actually. But it's it's common sense. Right. All right? It's, it, it's really common sense. Does the loan make sense? And if the loan makes sense, and as long as it follows the guidelines, they've actually loosened up. A lot of the programs have loosened up guidelines, mm-hmm. making it easier for those that maybe have a lesser income to qualify for right. a home. So, you know, one of the things that I'm going to challenge, and we're going to talk about the spring market coming up, is if anybody out there is paying more than $1,200 of rent yes. per month, they really should be talking to me. Right. Because there are so many advantages of being a homeowner versus a renter. And, and, and instead of, you know, every, every time you go to the bathroom and you're flushing your money down the toilet, <laughs> right? so to speak. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. There, there are alternatives. And, it, and if they're not going to do it this year, at least start thinking about it and start planning for that. Well, we also want people to be part of the show. You can call us at 651-641-1071. And Phil has graciously said that for the rest of the year, he is going to donate $25 for every call we receive here on the Red Hot Real Estate Show to the American Cancer Society. So thank you for doing that. We're yep. going to tally all of those calls up. We want to do a giant check to this uh, wonderful organization. There will be a giant check being cut, and we will talk about that in the very beginning of the new year in 2021. Right, and I know we're going to talk a lot today about the spring market, but just to kind of go back to what you just said, Phil, about how it seems like it's tougher to get a loan. Do you really mean, I I know that we were talking about before we had our last economic correction and that recession, that it seemed easier, but that's because maybe a lot of, you know, we'll call them unscrupulous providers, weren't really asking the right questions or enough questions. They were just saying, do this, you'll be in this scenario, you'll be fine. Is that why people seem to think it was easier back then? Well, we have to go back. If we're going to go back 10 years, let's yeah. talk about some of the types of loans that were being done. Right. Okay. All right. You had what was called a CISA. Stated Income Stated Asset. Okay. All right. That was a program that was used with self-employed borrowers. It could even be used with a W-2 borrower. Okay. Basically, the consumer put down, this is how much I make. Right. And this is how much I have in assets. Because nothing was verified. Right. All right. How how does that make sense? Exactly. It just puts you in a difficult scenario because you're like, this seems right. I just want this house. Yeah. And then we remember the, the... I'm not going to even mention the mortgage company name, but they were huge. Okay. Right. right. They had a program that was called Fast and Easy. All mm-hmm. right. Now, understand those programs that I just talked to you about had higher interest rates, but they had very little cri- criteria. Right. They also maybe had prepayment penalties, which mm. in the state of Minnesota is illegal. Right. So all mortgages that are done in the state of Minnesota cannot have a prepayment penalty. And I believe that same law applies in Wisconsin as well. So it seemed easy, but it really wasn't doing you any favors as a borrower. No, if anything, if anything, um, it basically took consumers out of their comfort level. But at the same point in time back and then, I'm sorry to say, a lot of consumers wanted more than maybe what they should have bought. Right. So I I have to put a little bit of the onus on the consumer, and I'm going to put a lot of onus on the unscrupulous mortgage companies and or 
the federal government because of the federal government that came out and said, these are the programs that we want to offer consumers because we want to get more consumers into the housing market. Right. It's got to make sense, folks. Exactly. It's got to make sense. Find good financial sense. And when you sit down with me, and and frequently the question I get is, so what is the maximum I qualify for? My comeback is, is what's the maximum you're willing to pay on your budget? Exactly. And let's now tweak your loan and and basically build it in reverse based on budget, not based on what the Joneses next door have. It's got to be based on what is affordable for you. And at the same point in time, if we're going to crimp your budget so bad that you can't, you know, go on vacation and you can't do these other things that you normally do, unfortunately, that's probably not a good fit. Right. And that's where when people work with me, I ask lots of questions. And we talked about that yes. in last week's show. Mm-hmm. All right. Because I really want to get to know my client. I want to know what their aspirations are, and I want I want to be able to help them build something that's not only going to be a good investment for them in the future, but it's going to reduce their stress load. Right. And I think this also, we were talking about some of those previous programs, and I know that today you want to help cover more of the programs that are available right now, Correct. some of these major programs. But before we do that, can we just get some quick information about what's going on with the spring market? Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, first off, let's talk about the spring market. Interest rates are still low. Okay. Three and a quarter to four and a quarter is probably a range somewhere in there. So we're almost at historical low interest rates. Wow. Mm-hmm. Housing prices, I'm sorry to say, they're going up. Mm-hmm. And and guess what? There's a trick that that happens here in the market in Minnesota. What's that? That trick is if the house is listed for $200,000 right now, more than likely, that house will be taken off the market just before spring market. Oh. And guess what that price will be when it comes back on the market? $225? Yeah. Okay. $215, $225. Right. And you might say, why is that? It all goes back to economics, folks. Supply and demand. Mm-hmm. More buyers come out in spring. They want to buy in spring because they don't want to have their kids being, you know, being relocated out of a school. They'll wait. Yep. move into their home in June. Mm-hmm. So believe it or not, just because the MLS listing says it's only been on the market for 10 days, maybe that house was on the market for the last five months. Gotcha. They took okay. it off of MLS and now relisted they, it and relisted it mm-hmm. and relisted it at a, other ho- uh, a price. Uh, let's talk about uh, what loans are the most important or the best loan. Anytime you can go with a conventional home loan, okay. you want to go conventional. And people might say, why? One, your sellers view a conventional loan over any government loan as a better loan, Mm -hmm. meaning it's a better borrower, meaning they have more income. That's not necessarily the truth. Right. But they... That's That's the perception. That's the perception. Okay. Okay. And believe it or not, conventional loans are harder to get. More planning is required. But I work with lots of clients where maybe they qualify easily for an FHA. Yes. But let's get them to a conventional loan, maybe the Home Ready Program, the Home Possible Program, Minnesota Housing Program, mm-hmm. because those have easier guidelines for that first-time home buyer or right. even that move-up buyer. Right. All right? Inventory levels, they're low. They're going to continue to be low. Okay. So I And that's because you said here in Minnesota we're not doing a lot of new construction? There's not a lot. Well, there is a lot of new construction. Okay. But that price point is $400,000 plus. Gotcha. Okay. So for that consumer that wants to have that $1,500 a month payment, they're not going to get new construction. Right. All right. Now, 
I'm not saying you can't. Maybe you want to. You're going to live in Otsego. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You're going to have to get out of the Twin Cities away. So second ring suburbs at least. Yes. Gotcha. Second mm-hmm. or third. Right. You might end up having an hour drive time. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we're going to see lots of buyers this spring. We're going to see lots of buyers being in multiple offer situations. Uh, I would tell you work with a great team. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a great real estate agent, a great mortgage loan officer that's that's able to tweak things along the way and consistently going, well, if we go with this program, it's over this program, this program, how how are the sellers going to view it? Right. The key is you want to present an offer that's better than everybody else right? and get your offer accepted. At the same point in time, are we well overspending for the home? I'm right. not going to encourage anybody to do that. All right. So low interest rates. Tight housing market. We're going to have more buyers than we have sellers. So mm-hmm. for all those that are thinking about selling, 2020 is a great year for you to make a killing on your home right? by selling your home. And the only time we're going to reach equilibrium is when we equal the number of sellers versus the number of buyers, mm-hmm. which will then cause housing prices to stabilize. Right. Do you think I have any control over that? No. No. I <laughs> no. have no control over that. <laughs> None at all. I wish I did. <laughs> right. All right. That you could just sit there and go, not only do I control it, I could tell you exactly when it's going to happen. That yep. is not the way things are. One other thing that buyers and sellers, it's really important, is they have realistic expectations. Right. If you don't have a realistic expectation of what your house is worth or what you can afford, then it, I, I would say we need to talk. Right. We need to talk more. All right. All right. Well, we are very kind, uh, kindly joined by Phil Olson from Amec Home Loans. We're going to go over some additional mortgage programs that are available to the consumers out there and let you know some of the benefits and the downsides of each program. You can also be part of the show. Call us at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming at MyTalk1071.com. In with us today from Amec Home Loans, Mr. Phil Olson is letting you know how to succeed in a hot market. We're getting ready for spring, right, Phil? We are getting ready for spring. Yes. I'm, I'm ready for it right now. Uh, you know, I think most of us have been ready for it for about a month. Actually, it's what it is. But I mean, there is some things that there are some things that help you get ready along the path so that this, as you said, isn't a stressful process. It's not something where you have to come to it from a position of, I don't know what's going on, you know, or how am I going to get this done? Or I know they're going to tell me no. There's lots of ways where they can like speak with you and make sure that they have the right information so that they can be successful. The key is calling Mimi Shoneman or mm-hmm. myself right. sitting down with us or just having a phone conversation. Sometimes that's even via text and sometimes that's even via email. All right. The more prepared you are, and if you're a first-time home buyer, my gosh, I've worked with so many first-time home buyers. We make it simple at yes. AMIC, and and we're we're going to explain everything. We're going to put everything up front. I'm going to give you all the options that you that you need, and then ultimately, it's it's up to you to make that leap right. of faith. Oh, that's what I call it. Right. And we will give, you know, having somebody that can sit there and help you think through what the potential pitfalls might be. And our friend Mimi is great at that. Like, she's talking to me about something right now where she's all like, did you think about this? I'm like, I did. Thank you. But that's me only because I talk to her all the time. Like, she definitely will give you that foundational information that you need to make this make sense for you. Every time I sit down with a client, I'm not just looking at the positives. I'm looking at the negatives and asking the questions based on what the consumer is saying to me. Did you know this? Do you know that? Here's the downside of this. 
here's the positive, but here's the downside. Right. Guess what? I'm going to give you both. Mm-hmm. If you don't like the downside, then maybe we rethink or become more creative and look at something else. Right. Well, that I know. Oh, sorry. And I know we're going to do some of the benefits and the downsides of some of these programs that you have Correct. available right now. But there's a few more things you wanted to cover about the spring market, right? There you go. Buyers. Mm-hmm. Make a large earnest money check. So ah. when you're putting your down payment down to those sellers, understand common is about $1,000. But if I make an offer and I'm giving you $5,000 as earnest money, does that make make it sound like to those sellers, wow, these people They're have very money. Serious? They're very serious. Okay. I should really take a look at their offer. What does the earnest money cover again? That basically covers your down payment and your closing costs anyhow. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So if you were supposed to come to the table with 15, now you're only coming to the table with 10. Mm-hmm. The math is the same. You're not putting more down. All right. right? Mm-hmm. Next, do not ask sellers to pay closing costs if you even think you're in it is a multiple offer situation right now guess what you can and you maybe increase the price to accommodate the seller concession but you could run into a potential pitfall okay let's say that pitfall is a townhome okay and let's say its value is 225 Mm -hmm. and the high comp is 225 no other sales above 225 right but now we're going to make an offer of 232 How's the appraiser going to come up with 232 when your high comp is 225 on a townhome? It's easier to get concessions on a single family residence, Mm -hmm. duplex, tri or quad versus a townhome or a condo. Okay. Are you open to southern Minnesota, northern Minnesota or western Wisconsin? Why do I say that? Your price points are less. Okay. You have less competition which means your housing is going to sit on the market longer, mm-hmm. which means your sellers might be open to a reduced offer. They might be open to paying seller paids. And last but not least, housing prices are less. Ah. So for those clients that are going, I want a house, maybe you need to think, maybe if I have a 45-minute or a one-hour com- commute, can I do that? And get a lesser home, Mm -hmm. a cheaper home, a more affordable home. Right. Because your land costs are far cheaper when you get outside that second ring that we've talked about. Usually I find my friends that are, they have those, uh, I can telecommute type jobs. That Mm -hmm. works really well for them too. Mm -hmm. We talked about seller paids. Don't ask for a lot of concessions. What kind of things are normally on that concessions list? Well, guess what? I want you to put gutters and I want you to put new siding on. And oh, by the way, the furnace is is 15 years old. We want you to replace it. Ah. Keep in mind, in a a seller's market, the more you ask the sellers to do, Mm -hmm. they're going to look at other offers and they're going to take the best offer. And sometimes that best offer may not be the best price. It's just less work. It's less work. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now let's, let's talk about sellers. Always get a CMA. What is it? It's a market analysis. Okay. If your real estate agent isn't giving you a market analysis and showing you the comps of your home, how can you come up with a price? You can't sell your house using mortgage products unless the value is substantiated by an appraiser. Gotcha. So a good real estate agent should be sitting down with you and saying, based on everything you have in your home, mm-hmm. here are the comparables, here's how it brackets out, and here's what your house is worth. Yes. Now, I could have a $200,000 home and I can put it for sale for four hundred. Right. Guess what? I might sell it four hundred if I have a cash buyer that's willing to give me four hundred for the house. But if someone needs a mortgage, if they need any form of mortgage, that's where it's going to stop. Right. 
Next, sellers, fix your homes. Mm. Fix your homes. Paint them. Maybe put some new carpeting if the carpeting is extremely old. Freshen up the outside. Paint the inside. The more you do to your home, right now buyers are finicky. Yeah. They already know. They're also not imaginative. So you can't expect them to think too hard about it. Right. Okay. And a lot of your millennials are really looking for that house where they turn the key and walk in and go, Yeah. Ta da. Right. We're done. (laughs) Because they came from an apartment that was like that. How do they know that they're willing to do all this elbow grease? Yep. And then, and then last but not, not least, is put as much down or when the sellers, when you get your offers, sellers, be be able to work with the buyers, okay? In other words, you might want to be out of this home in 30 days. Right. But guess what? Maybe this is your best offer and they need 45 days. Yes. Are you going to be willing to walk away? So negotiate. Mm-hmm. I think those are some of the real keys you need as buyers and sellers in this spring market. And all of that seems very reasonable. It's not like you're going, here's a ridiculous size hoop that we want you to jump through. It's just giving you some basic information that'll make your life easier down the road. Correct. So we talked a little bit about it. What is the number one best mortgage product out there? Well, I'm going to tell you it's a VA loan. Ah. But I did tell you it was a conventional, right? Correct. If you're a veteran that's disabled, your VA home loan is the absolute cat's meow loan there is out there. Right. So for any veteran out there that has any form of disability, they can get 100% financing, a super low government VA rate, no private mortgage insurance, and they don't have to pay the VA funding fee. Ah, okay. Which can be 3.3% or 2.15% at 100% financing. First time VA benefit is 2.15%. Okay. What does that mean? I'm buying a $300,000 loan. I'm going to pay the VA over $6,000, which they're going to add on to your loan amount. Okay. Okay. But if you're disabled, that's waived. And there's just certain scenarios that you may go, this isn't going to be a good deal for me. I shouldn't really look into it. So you just go, I'm going to go this other route. So you There are times where I talk to a vet and tell them they're better off with a different program than paying that VA funding fee. Right. Well, we're going to have some more information on some major programs available to our consumers, courtesy of our friend Phil Olson from Amec Home Loans. We'll be right back on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I'm Miss Shannon in with Phil Olson from Amec Home Loans. Remember, you can get a hold of him at 651-238-6748. You can also find him at Call Phil Olson. But we also want you to call in and be part of the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Absolutely. Yes, because not only do you get some great information, courtesy of our expert, Phil, but you can also help him donate to the American Cancer Society because we're going to give $25 for every caller on the Red Hot Real Estate Show for the entire year. And, And, Sonny, I know we had one caller that came in. Do you have their question? Yes, we had Nicole call in, and she wanted to know, or this is the story, she's... Considering a mortgage, and uh, the fourth quarter of this year is the goal. Yes. Uh, husband has two DUIs, one from two years ago and one from five years ago. How does this affect their ability to get a home loan? Interesting. Great question. Thank you, Nicole. Thank that, you for calling. That is a unique question, and I have never gotten that one, but I've got oh. an answer. Okay, wonderful. Thanks again, Nicole. Doesn't I hope af- this helps doesn't, you out. Doesn't affect the mortgage at all, but there's a but. Yes. 
it's probably going to affect homeowners insurance. Oh, fair enough. So, but the good news is, is I work with about four different insurance companies and Mm -hmm. they'll work with clients like that. And one of my brokers probably has 40 or 50 different insurance companies. We could definitely be able to find one. We'll be able to find that for you and we'll shop it around to get you the lowest uh, homeowners insurance on your specific property. But it has no negative effect on it is qualifying unless it's affected his job mm-hmm. to where he hasn't been able to work right and by driving to work right so no that's uh, a great question that's a great question yeah and i think part of the reason like we were talking about that earlier on another show where we were talking about whether you should try and get something expunged and how it does quite often affect your ability to find housing if you're renting and Mm -hmm. so i think that that probably is another good reason why people are talking about is this you know have i been looking at certain things that are holding me back from buying there's completely different rules and the way that they look at some of these things and so maybe you're going the only option is we thought we were going to have to rent again we thought that we were going to move into another place but now they're having some difficulties well, maybe this might be a good time for them to sit there and go, well, we need to buy while we work on something. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, we were talking about conventional loans, and we're yes. going to talk about that. But what, since you bring it up, mm-hmm. you know, some things that can prevent people from buying a home okay. would be a foreclosure. Yes. A short sale. Yes. What's a short sale? I'm going to sell my house. I owe 200 but my house is selling for 180 right. and the bank is going to eat $20,000. I had to that's, do that. That's a short sale. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or you've got a bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. Understand the four major mortgage products that are used throughout the United States all have different guidelines. Fair enough. Well, a, a conventional loan, you've got a seven-year waiting period on a foreclosure, mm-hmm. and you've got a four-year waiting per- period on a bankruptcy. Right. But if you use an FHA loan or a government loan or a VA loan, the criteria is less than a conventional loan. So that might be one of the routes that I'm going to show a client is, no, you do not qualify. And people say, well, can you get an exception? There's no, no exception right. on that. It's a hard rule. Seven yes. year, four year. Mm-hmm. Whereas on an FHA loan, you could have a foreclosure within three years and a bankruptcy within two years. Right. Much easier qualifying guidelines. So let's talk about conventional loans. Okay. Real quick. I get this question all the time. My banker says I need 20% to put down. Exactly. That is one of the biggest fallacies out there (laughs) there is. Okay. There are so many different mortgage programs that, one, Minnesota Housing, minimum requirement is $1,000 of their own money into the transaction. Right. You can have, and that could be a conventional loan, that could be an FHA, could be USDA, could even be VA. Mm -hmm. All right. But they're... For first-time home buyers, minimum down 3% if you're not using Minnesota housing. Right. Then it goes to 5%, 10%, 15 20 25 Now, people always say, but Phil, if I put down 20%, I'm going to get the best rate. No, you're not getting the best rate. Okay. Put 25% down, you get a better rate. Put ah. 30% down. The more money you put down, all right, the better the interest rate is. But guess what? When I sit down with a client, I have to take a look at their total financial picture and ask the question, "How? what is affordable? What do we put down? And I've literally had people come to me, well, I've got $50,000 in the bank. And I go, is that all you got? Yep, I got 50. And I want to put 50 down. And I go, stop. Right. Stop. Why are we? Well, because I was told to put more money down. You want to know something? 
you're better off putting 40 and having 10 in the bank because if something happens, you're in a much better position. Okay. And I think a lot of what you do when you're working with your clients is just back, back to similar, you know, to Nicole's scenario or other ones where it's like you work with them to try and go, where has your life been and how can I help you make decisions so your life can be better? You know, maybe you need to rebound from something and you had a difficult period in your life that mm-hmm. was going on. Yep. Maybe you had some decisions that weren't, you know, your best. <laughs> you weren't living your best life for a minute there, but now you're really trying to do something better. Correct. And so if this can be part of the mix, right. let's figure out how to have this be part of the mix. Correct. And if we're going to try to make our, our lives better, why get into a bad bad mortgage or housing situation because it's probably more likely to spiral you back into those negative life choices that you had before there you go right all right so first time home buyer programs with conventional loans there's two of them okay home ready home possible yes they're both based on 80 percent of the median income except okay. the home possible will go up to 100 percent of the median income okay what does that mean there's a specific income level that the family makes. And yes. if you're over that amount, then you don't qualify for that. Okay. All right. That doesn't mean you cannot go with 5% down or other programs. Mm-hmm. All right. As far as a refinance, your max max refinance on a conventional loan okay. is 95%. What does that okay. mean? My house value is 200. My appraised value, excuse me, my appraised value is 200. I owe 190. Okay. There you go. That's the most you can do. Okay. You could go up to 190. Okay. So if you owe 195, no. You can't refinance. Huh? Well, you can. You're coming with five grand to the table. Gotcha. All right. All right. As I mentioned, Home Ready, Home Possible. Why is that a great program? It's an awesome program because not only do you get a reduced interest rate for the consumer, you also get mortgage insurance is almost cut in half. Wow. So mm-hmm. for putting remember folks, anytime you're not putting twenty percent down, you're gonna have some form of derivative of mortgage insurance. Okay. Now, for those that maybe say we're gonna put fifteen percent down and that lender is offering you monthly mortgage insurance, I would question you and go, have you heard about one time mortgage insurance? You pay for it up front. Oh, okay. You pay for it at closing. And guess what? It makes the mortgage insurance go away. And guess what? It's half the cost of the monthly if you had to keep it over a period of three to five years. Mm -hmm. All right. And that's probably a lot of times. I mean, we want to remind people that when you're looking at those first time home buyers, the name is a little bit misleading. Because there's still other reasons, like, for for instance, someone like me who previously owned a townhouse, but now it's been 10 years or 11 years, that I may still qualify. Well, let's talk about that. Okay. Three years, you are considered, if you haven't owned a home in three years. Right. And let's suppose you're married mm-hmm. and your husband owned a home, but you weren't on the mortgage and you weren't on the note. Fair and enough. this time around, you're going to buy. Mm-hmm. You are considered a first-time home buyer. Gotcha. But then again... Under the Home Ready program, excuse me, Home Possible program by by Freddie Mac, mm-hmm. you don't have to be a first time home buyer to oh. use the program. Okay. Matter of fact, you could even own another home and use that program. So, oh. in other words, I could designate that property as an investment property. Now I'm going to buy this as a primary, and now I put as little down as five percent. And you have lower mortgage insurance. Is there a certain amount of time for people that might be in that scenario if they're calling you to go, I had this home for this long and now I'm ready to move? 
Is there like, I need to live in that home for two years or five years? No. Well, your standard rule of thumb is that you should be in the home for two years because when you signed the mortgage and the note, you stated you were going to live in the property as a primary residence. Gotcha. So you don't do not want to convert that property to a rental position or immediately or turn it into a bed and breakfast. Okay. Not, not a good thing. Right. All right. Understand conventional loans start at 640 credit scores. Okay. But. I've been doing this so long, and I've done so many loans, that if you're a 640 to a 680, you're probably better off looking at an FHA loan because your mortgage payment is going to be far less because your rate is much higher and your mortgage insurance is much higher. Right. Well, Phil, we always appreciate people calling in with any of their questions they have for you. We're going to do things a little differently than we normally do. We have our producer, Sonny, that has a question for you. Uh, Sonny, who was it that called in for us? Christine called in, and she has two questions. Yes. Awesome. Uh, She says, we're thinking of selling our house in the spring and getting a townhouse, so we have some debt, and I'm wondering how that works if you're trying to buy a townhouse and sell your house. So having the, how does that affect your ability to buy another house if you're trying to sell the previous one. Ah, yeah. so if she good, has some debt out there. Good, Thank you for good, calling, Christine. Good question. Mm-hmm. Uh, her question really relates to what's called debt-to-income ratios. Okay. If we're talking about debt, you have to take the total monthly outgoing debt divided by the total gross. Now, in a conventional home loan, your maximum debt-to-income ratios are 50%. If we're going to sell this house first, then we're only counting the new house mm-hmm. and the debt. Okay. Add those numbers together, divided by the total family gross, and as long as it's less than 50%. Then you could be able to qualify. You'd be able to qualify. Then again, if you're thinking about buying first and then selling second, like we've talked about in many right. shows prior, it's mm-hmm. a great strategy. Well, now I have to not only take my mortgage payment that I currently have, I have to take the new mortgage payment I'm going to have, and then I have to add on all my monthly debt on top of that. Gotcha. And now I have to divide that by the total gross. Okay. Now, if that number is 65%, I'm sorry, folks. It's too high. That's that's too high. Mm -hmm. Now, if we talk about FHA, though, FHA allows debt-to-income ratios to go up to 57%. Okay, so you got a little more wiggle room. Mm -hmm. You got a little bit more wiggle room, and you might go, let's say the spouse is not on the loan, but the spouse is making $4,000 a month, but let's say the spouse's credit is not in uh, a bracket area that will make the loan work. Okay. So my consumer or my buyer is making seven grand. I'm using that seven grand against the debt to income ratios, but I've got another four grand from the spouse. Can't use it, but it becomes a mitigating circumstance to the underwriter. Ah. Guess what? I've got 11 grand. My true debt to income ratio is 33%, even though my system says it's 54%. So you were able to take that storyline and that, the, you know, to the underwriter and go, Correct. here's the real scenario. Because what I actually do prior to a file going into underwriting is I write up a story as to what's exactly going on with the consumer. So that way my underwriter is clear as to what is Phil trying to do. Right. This I tried to make it what here's what makes sense. Yes. Here's what we're doing. Here's the story. A lot of a lot of lenders and mortgage people don't do that. They, it's just whatever goes into the system. It goes, goes into, into the, the system, system, and now the underwriters at a loss is. Well, what are we doing here? Right. Well, we have been cruising along the show. We appreciate everyone who's called in with a question for Phil. We're going to come into our final segment in just a couple of moments. And uh, what do you want to cover in our last segment? Let's talk about FHA and USDA loans. All right. If you have any questions, you can also be part of the show. The number again is 651-641-1071. We'll be right back with Phil Olson. 
Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming at MyTalk1071.com. In with us today, our good friend from Amic Home Loans, Phil Olson, is here. He's taking your questions at 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. Also reminding you that he has graciously decided that for the entire year of 2020, we are going to donate $25 for every caller who calls in with a question uh, to the American Cancer Society. So thank you for doing that, Phil. That's very generous of you and and they do do great work so thank you very much for supporting them so if you have a question this is a good time for you to stop guessing you know one of those things is that you go i know i've seen the commercial i've watched all the infomercials i know how to google things you think you know and then it turns out oh that's not quite right believe it or not there's not a stupid question out there right so make sure you call us just call Mm -hmm. or call me after the show and i'll be glad to answer your questions so one other key point I wanted to point out about conventional loans that we had a big recent change as of the beginning of the new yes, year. Yes, yes. Conventional home loans now go up to 510400 whereas if it was last year, that would have been a jumbo loan. Okay. And guess what? Jumbo criteria, underwriting criteria is much, much, much tougher. Right. So for those folks that are thinking of maybe upgrading to a nicer house yes. at a higher price point, Minnesota, Wisconsin, 510-400 right. is the maximum loan. So now let's drift into FHA. Okay. What is what is FHA? It is a mortgage through the federal government. Yes. Okay. It's the same terms. You can get a 30, a 25, a 20, a 15, a 10, same as a conventional. Where are the changes, though? Mm-hmm. The changes are your underwriting criteria is much, much easier. Right. So if that consumer maybe had some bumps down the road in the past. Yes. FHA might be a great product for it. And believe it or not, with FHA, you can also get down payment assistance. Yes. You can also get first-time homebuyer programs added to it, just like a conventional loan. So I don't want them to think I'm getting an inferior loan. No. Matter of fact, your interest rates on an FHA loan are less than a conventional. The only difference a lot of times it sounds like from when you've explained this before is that there are more caveats on whether the home itself is up to a particular standard. Correct. Right? Okay. And, and here's what I'll tell you. As long as the house is in good shape, mm-hmm. the biggest thing that FHA homes get called for is peeling paint right. and chip paint. Mm-hmm. It has to be fixed. Yes. If you've got it is fascia boards that are rotting yes well guess what that's going to get called yeah if your if your roof shingles are curling that's going to get called if you've got holes in your walls broken windows folks get it fixed right it's got to have a good furnace it's got to have a good water heater Mm -hmm. which if you're going to get top dollar for your home these are things that they're going to encourage you to do anyway so what i say if if the bones of the home are good and solid it'll pass an fha right all right but what's the difference? Lower interest rate. Mm-hmm. Mortgage insurance could be a little bit higher or it could be even less, depending on your credit score. Right. If you were comparing that versus a conventional. Understand one thing, though. The mortgage insurance is for the life of the loan. Gotcha. So. It's not that, that similar program where you can pay for it all up front. It's you can't pay for it. You're going to pay for it for the life of the loan. The only way you're going to get rid of it is by selling your house or refinancing your house to a conventional loan, okay. which is always a possibility. Mm-hmm. We can make it go away. So you got to understand FHA is not going to let you buy a house for 510400 Right. 
their criteria is less. Yes. So a single family is 314. Okay. Duplex is 403. Triplex is 487. And a fourplex is 605. So yes, you could buy a property, be an investor, as long as you live in the unit. Right. Mm -hmm. You could rent out those other properties. Mm -hmm. Talk about a great mortgage program with a great low interest rate Mm -hmm. and decent mortgage insurance and be able to buy the house for as little as three and a half percent. Wow. That's a great opportunity for people out there. There you go. So for that person that's going, well, my mortgage payment is going to be a little bit more. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Maybe we get a renter in the other unit, and now your payment's a lot less. Exactly. Well, we appreciate everybody who wants to be part of the Red Hot Real Estate Show. I know that we have two callers that mm-hmm. called in. So let's go, Producer Sonny. What's your first question? All right, so Rufus's question is, he said, let's say you have two individuals looking to purchase a property. One has strong income and strong credit. The other has higher income but weaker credit. Can you use all the income without the negative credit affecting the situation? Ah, great question. Mm-hmm. Here's the way it works. Two people go on the loan, you use the lesser of the two middle scores. Okay. So, but if one's got high income and he's got high credit, maybe the numbers will work without even putting that person on the loan. Right. But in all four mortgage products that I talked about that all banks, credit unions, mortgage lenders use, okay, what are they? Conventional, VA, Mm -hmm. USDA, FHA. Right. Same concept. You take the higher, the middle score of the two, and which one is ever the lower will cause, that's where your rate's going to be. All right. Okay. So that seems like, does that seem to make sense, Sonny, based upon what they need it? Um, I think so. Okay. <laughs> does that seem to me, and, and I'll follow up on that question, then we'll go to your next question. It seems to me that sometimes you go, do we both have to be on the loan? No. Like if they're, you know, and that's what you're trying to decide is that, do we, are we both on the loan? Or sometimes that might be when you start talking to your real estate attorney, right? Going, do we need a cohabitation agreement? Do we mm-hmm. need something else Correct. that makes sure that everybody is taken care of? But that doesn't have anything necessarily to do with the property. You just need to, as we are going through the process of adulting mm-hmm. and moving into this, going, maybe we don't end up on the loan. If we can get this done some other way, then there's other ways that we can work Correct. around making sure that we're both safe. So in this example, if, if these two people were to call me, I would sit down with them. We do a joint application. See how I'd it goes. Find, we'd find out exactly where the numbers are mm-hmm. and what we need to do. And, and guess what? Maybe I can provide them some credit repair and credit enhancement and get their score up, get that other score up if we need all that income. Right. I'm not saying that that's going to be required mm-hmm. because of all the different criteria of the different programs. Maybe okay. we just flip programs. To right. Make it work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Perfect. So it's always good to know those options. So, producer Sonny, what's your other question? Okay. So the next one is from Ben. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says just recently bought a car and have really, really, really bad credit, but they do have a job. Will anybody work with him in this situation because he wants to get a house? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think he mentioned something about a rental property. I believe. Yeah. Okay. 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 Buying a rental property. Wow. That's that's going to be really really tough. Okay. But if you've got bad credit. I will tell you there are mortgage companies, and I, I kind of call them scratch and dent. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Understand, you're not getting a great interest rate. Your rates are between 7 and 9%. Okay. And if you got really bad credit, here's the one thing that makes everybody's ears go up. Yes. you got a lot of money to put down. Okay. All right. It's a $300,000 home, and guess what? I've got $150,000. i have got hundred grand to put down. Mm-hmm. Money speaks. Yes. Still in the banking credit world world all right so 
I, I that's not a loan I would be able to do. Mm-hmm. But there might be somebody I could refer them to. But believe me, it's not going to be easy, and you're not going to like the terms, and you're right. not going to like the rate, and you're not going to like the payment. Right. I would rather work with that client and help them build their credit first and get them into a prime mortgage versus a subprime mortgage. So that might be more one of those persons where you'd go, you know what, Ben, let's get together and let's come up with a two-year plan. Correct. And see how we can actually get this done because there are lots of things that sometimes your credit is bad at the moment, Mm -hmm. but there's some things that you can do in... Sometimes it seems like a lot of your, uh, your the, the changes that you ask them to make are things that take effect within like six to nine months. Uh, it's sometimes a lot faster than right. that. But the, the key here with somebody that has bad credit is I've got to get them to look at their past and say, you want to know something? I'm not doing that anymore. Right. I'm not okay. doing that anymore, and I'm going to follow Phil's plan, and if I follow Phil's plan, he's going to get me to the end of the rainbow because right. that's that's the promise I make to clients. Unfortunately, you can't bring a horse you can't make a horse drink water. Exactly. I can bring them to the water, right. but I can't make you drink. No. No. And in some of these things, I think that that's always a good thing to remind people, the differentiating factor between working with someone like you and having a partner that's willing to build these things with you. Because you really are trying to help people make good overall investment decisions. Exactly. Well, I think that we've covered a lot of things. We have a couple of minutes. Let's go ahead and wrap up on these things. If we're going to leave somebody with a closing thought on these programs, what do you want to tell them today, Phil? What I'd like to tell them is... Come into my office and call me with an open mind Mm -hmm. and don't tell yourself right now is not the time. Right. I would say, call me. Let's figure it out. Let's see where you're at. Let's see what your short-term goals are. What are your long-term goals are? You might find out that it's a lot easier and more affordable than you really thought it was. Right. Because there's so many people that say, oh, it's really tough to get a mortgage. Yes. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. If you were working with, with somebody with as much experience as I have right. in the business, it's it's really not rocket science. We can figure it out. Okay, there are good people in the industry that can sit down with you, show you what the numbers are, and see if it makes mathematical financial sense. Right. And one of those really good people is, of course, you, Phil Olson. We encourage them, again, to go to your website. It's callphilolson.com, right? Real and it's easy. easy to email you as well. You go right there as it's well. Phil at callphilolson.com. Remember the word call, C-A-L-L? So yeah. it's Phil at callphilolson.com. Right. Super easy. Right. And that phone number, again, is 651-238-6748. He'll get back to you right away. Don't worry. I promise. Yeah. Get that information. Get on the road to home ownership. Get those questions answered. And we appreciate you being part of the Red Hot Real Estate Show. We'll see you next time. Happy Sunday, folks.